Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip, every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. They just ran the over. <laughs> <laughs> they put him out there like this was backyard football. They thought they was going to be real slick. Oh, we'll get an extra runner out there. San Francisco was like, y'all for real? <laughs> I'm gonna go run him over right now. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. No, and like I, all I've been doing is dissecting the video since, <laughs> and I texted it to Olin, and I said the best. Now my favorite part, like the next time you watch it, watch Zeke shuffle his feet. Oh, you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Hey, my man took it easy on him. By the yeah, way. he did. He took it. He could have. He could have turned his lights out. He took it easy on him, but he got in a stand. And yeah. His feet. yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 that, that's that Cancun shuffle right there. Oh my god! <laughs> and he got absolutely destroyed. Oh my god. Hey man, that oh. team. 
the moment Tony Pollard went out that game, they were like, uh, explosion where? Yep. <laughs> CD, they, they tried to throw the ball to CD Lamb every chance they got. And by the way, wouldn't he look good in the Bears uniform or something like him? You know what I mean? While we, it, this is the shit that makes me laugh, y'all. By the way, shout out to Tony Gill. And of course, the voice that you're hearing right now, Lawrence Holmes. I mean, what, what can we truly not say about Lawrence Holmes? Because and no matter if a list is out or if, uh, or if you're just talking about the, the greats in this game, the man, he writes a column for the Sun-Times. He does middays on the score here in the city of Chicago. He does a terrific job on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago. The man is many talents. You know, he's he's in the he writes graphic novels. I mean, the dude is the dude is just out here. And and Tony's married, so you know there it is. Um, <laughs> no, shout out to our guy Tony, <laughs> producer <laughs> producer extraordinaire. This is episode two hundred. By the way, Yo. this is episode 200. It is the end of the first season of the Full Go podcast. We will start the second season on Tuesday, whatever wow. happens between now and then. But this is the first installment. We're putting a nice little, little you know, gift wrap bowl on the first season of the Full Go podcast with what I think will be an extra special edition of it because we're just going to sit here and talk about what the Bears can be, should be, and might be now that. It is the Chicago Black Bears that I, you know, absolutely pissed a few people off with. Um, shout out to all the, the Twitter followers out there who are forced to listen to the pod. We love you as well. Uh, whoever's chaining you to a <laughs> to the radiator and making you press play on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your pods, we truly appreciate it. But this is episode 200 of the Full Go Podcast, rolling with Lawrence Holmes and, of course, my man, Tony Gill. So, this weekend of football, I'll ask you, Lawrence, because I, I love getting your not only thoughts and opinions on these things, but like how this affects the Bears. As an NFC um, fan and a, and a fan of a team that's in the NFC, I, I'm sitting here sizing up everybody that I've seen this weekend and thinking, all right, how many years before the Bears should be in this position? I thought the 49ers were the best team in the league coming into the, the playoffs. The, the Tuesday ranking pod that we do here on the NFL Ringer uh, feed, me and Austin Gale coming into this, I thought the 49ers were at number one. He called me crazy, right, as he is apt to do. Uh, he had the Bengals way up there, and both those teams will be in the final four. Uh, but obviously, we got different little storylines that we have to play around with now with Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain and, of course, what's going on with Jalen Hurts and the, the Philadelphia Eagles after they put a beat down on the New York Giants. But I want to start with the 49ers, low because okay. that squad, and thinking of what Kyle Shanahan has wanted over the last four or five years at the quarterback spot, and having to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo, did it with Trey Lance for a couple of games before, you know, you know that thing went bye-bye, and, you know, all the draft capital that he had to spend getting Trey Lance, and then taking Brock Purdy, dropping him into an offense, and saying, hey, not only – be a caretaker of it, but make a couple of throws when asked to. I'm in the midst of wondering if Kyle Shanahan is not just the the smartest offensive coach in football, but also the most blessed offensive coach in football. Because when you look at George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, the best player on their team is this number 71, Trent Williams. I mean, the dude is a Hall of Famer right now, not in the making, but right now. 
And then on the defensive side, you got yourself a, a head coach in the making, the D'Amico Ryans. There were moments this season that, because I've watched, you know, at least a good five or six 49ers games this year, including the Bears game uh, at the beginning of the season. By the way, the Bears beat that team, which is just, <laughs> just ridiculous wow, right? to think of. But they got Fred Warner dropping deep safety, deep middle in the cover three, you know, doing stuff that we've seen uh, Brian Urlacher do here. You got Nick Bosa, who's arguably the defensive player of the year. And then in the back, you know, you, you got my man that, that became a star week one against the Bears, who ended up being an all-pro at safety. So I'm wondering, is Kyle Shanahan just embarrassed with all the riches and a great coach? Or is he the reason why this thing is looking the way it's looking? Because I can't tell you, you know, why Dak Prescott can't beat this team. Defensively, yeah, they, they, they played a hell of a game, but Dak Prescott wilted uh, on, on a big stage. I can't tell you why the 10 teams before this couldn't beat this team. They just played better, they're stronger, they're tougher, and they, they don't miss their opportunities when they're there to be had. I mean, George Kittle's catch. There's so many things where I'm like, the Bears, you're, even though you're far away, you're about four or five really key players in a system that's tried and true from being in this position, hopefully, two, three years from now. You're the perfect person. I've been, like, you know how I am, Jay. Like, I sit down and I write formations out and stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. looking at videos of different types of offenses and defenses. Like, this is what, that's what I call a vacation, you know? <laughs> um, I got a hypothesis, and I want to see if it holds water. I feel like, the 49ers are accomplishing something in football that we talk a lot about in basketball. Okay. Positionless football. Because look at all the different things that they can do. You can line Debo Samuel up in the backfield. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him up at X. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. Same thing with George Kittle. Juszczyk is a little different, but he's also got some positional versatility that can be used. I think that it's, it is, um, it, it is the, the culmination of the way that offense has changed over the last 15 years from high school to pro that now we're in a place where if you get the right type of guys, you can make it an absolute nightmare from a matchup standpoint, from defenses that you're going against. In watching 49ers tape, the thing that, that cracks me up, because I, I've always liked this player since he was in college, Brandon Ayuk ends up one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, which is a and, problem. And, and it's, right. And, and it's because they're able to do so much to you offensively like your matchups are all screwed up i don't even know and, and i thought dallas did a pretty good job because they mm -hmm. were getting pressure on brock purdy but i don't know like what you're it, it, unless you have that unless you're able to be like look we can get pressure with four or even if we have to blitz a couple times we can get there and, and make the quarterback uncomfortable i i can't imagine what defensive coordinators are going through all of the different alignments and then motions out of alignments and everything else that route combinations that they can throw at mm -hmm. you 
because of the type of players that they have. It, it's it's amazing. So so to answer your question, I think that it is it is the former. I think that that Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach, and he's blessed with talent. But here's the thing, Jay. There was another team out there that was blessed with talent that we saw playing in that game, and they never seemed to maximize that talent. So I think you have to give Shanahan credit for, for the most part, being able to maximize the guys that are on his team. And then you start looking at this defense that D'Amico Ryans has put together. And you said it, man. Fred Warner's out here doing stuff that we saw Brian Urlacher do. Hufunga is unbelievable. Crazy. And, 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 and Bosa is out here wreaking havoc on the end, and they're busting. Like, they're making it difficult for quarterbacks to step up in the middle. Like, yeah. it's, it is everything you want. I, I texted Tony earlier today, and I was like, you remember when Ryan Pace said Robbie Gold was washed? Dude <laughs> like, was like a Tom Brady of kickers now. <laughs> Jay, he's like building a, a second Hall of Fame career yeah. out in San Francisco. Yeah, like, he doesn't miss kicks. Like uh, he's out here throwing his body in front of returners. That like, was hilarious. I mean, that, the turnaround tackle was my favorite. <laughs> Robbie was like, "Hey, don't don't mess these choppers up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm hit you with the side of my shoulder while I'm running right. away from you." <laughs> I need this space for what is clearly going to be a post career. Oh, yeah. You already in, know in the booth. AJ Feely, get your ass out of here. Yeah, yeah, you can get on out of here now because I, I made kicks for real. But, uh, but, but yeah, man, like that that team is. That's I, I love that question though because the, that you guys are talking about like because my my answer would be different than both of yours. Okay, my answer would be the Eagles. So who's the best team in the in the in the playoffs left right now? Yeah, because to me, and I mean I feel bad because I I am a I'm a Joe Shiesty dude, and I know that it's it's partially because of what he did to Alabama. Yeah, because I was looking at like. Wow, how you do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, this dude is legit. And I also love, he said something last year that I was like, man, I dig this dude. They were talking to him about, about getting the ball down the field. And he was like, my philosophy is Jamar's down there somewhere. So, and that's what happens when you got real dudes throwing to real dudes. He's got a level of comfort. Because he knows that Jamar and, and T. Higgins can make plays for him. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles, the Eagles are it for me because I feel like they have the best combination of offensive and defensive yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they've got it. I and I'm trying desperately to figure out how to build a Jason Kelsey. Because that's what I want for Justin Fields. You might have to go buy him. Oh, shit, he's a, he's a free agent this year. I know he's what thirty five, and you know, asking a thirty five year old center to be this guy for the next two or three years. But you might have to just go get you one because that dude is playing next level football. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pulling, he's trapping, he's getting the second levels, he's calling things out, and he's making the guys around him better. There's not a it's not an interior three right now that's playing better football than that crew. And, of course, Lane Johnson is a pro bowler. 
They got the most complete squad. I just worry about Jalen and the injury. And he looked, he looked damn healthy. And I don't think the Giants, I, I think the Giants' luck was up anyway. You know, it was, yeah. it was about that time to go on back to the crib. You know what yeah, I mean? They, they stayed a little bit too long at the yeah. party. And, and now they're going to have to pay vote. for it, boy. They're going to have to pay for it. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley like, hey, you already know the vibes. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel wants his $100 million and Saquon's going to get paid by somebody else. I, I was thinking about it. I, I was sitting there going, this might be good for the Bears. Because as well as Daniel Jones played throughout this run that they've gone on, and I want to give him his props because he's played really well. Mm-hmm. He's limited. And if if I'm Brian Dayball, like there's a ceiling to what can be done. And I know they have to upgrade wide receiver. Like that's a big deal for them. It's been a big deal. The fact that they even got into the playoffs is kind of amazing, considering at the beginning of the year, you had one wide receiver that didn't want to play, another one that you traded that's now playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And and it was just kind of like, oh, it's just going to be Daniel and Saquon out here running wishbone, you know, like, <laughs> which was shocking because it was Brian Dayball's offense. And man, I got to tell you, I, I sat there going, they should at least be considering looking around in the draft. And maybe that's just me looking at the Bears with that number one pick and trying to find any suitor that I can for them. But I wouldn't. If I were Daniel Jones, I wouldn't feel that comfortable. I feel comfortable. But if if you can put together a package that makes some sense and you can walk away with CJ Stroud, ain't no way in hell. Do some Lawrence, things. ain't no way in hell you telling Giants fans after their first little sip at the playoffs, <laughs> you know, years and years of waiting for this. And, you know, since the straight hand tuck days and Eli at the end of Eli Manning's career, ain't no way in hell you're about to tell Giants fans, oh, by the way, we're going to restart this thing because I could do it again. Even if he can do it again, right? Because he's shown he could do it with Jalen Hurts, Alabama. You know, he, he did it with Josh Allen. Right, he's doing it now with Daniel Jones. Like he's yeah. taking dudes who people kind of given up on and said, "Hey, it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you something." But yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how often you want to stay at that table and keep telling the dealer to hit. You feel me? Like, and this and this is the bad part <laughs> because it's it's my Matt Shive Andy Dalton rule, where it's like at some point you're gonna have to look in your quarterback room and go, "Shit, I don't want to pay this." But I don't know what else is out there, right? Like that's and and that's the the Kirk Cousins of the world. Like there's there's about a good. That's why I just did not understand the consternation from Bears fans this year because there's a good ten to sixteen teams who are all like, shit. I don't want to pay this guy, but I don't know because of what happens down the pipeline and what we've seen. Like, for whatever reason, quarterbacks just stopped getting made for a little bit. And then they started getting made again. They came off. The, it's like when it's like when no real players was coming out of C, the CPS programs for a yeah. while. And then people were like, man, what happened to basketball in the public league? It's like, I don't know. People, people stopped having babies, I guess. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, first round pick after first round pick after number one pick after number one pick started to come out until you get a few runs of quarterbacks like that like we on a hope and a prayer with Will Levis and some of these boys meanwhile Brock Purdy out here slinging the pill getting ready to go to NFC championship game not having lost seven games in a row like (laughs) he hasn't lost in seven weeks (laughs) 
it's wild. It's really wild. And, and Dan and I were, were having this discussion. And I said to him, I said, you know what? Because he was like, man, you know, there are no quarterbacks in this weekend that are over 30. And I said, you want to know why that is? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you've got the outliers out. Rodgers and Brady aren't here, okay? So the outliers are out. The problem is, is that there's a gap. Yeah. There's a dirt. If you go and look, the Dak gap. Dak is in there by himself. <laughs> like, it's, it's, almost 30, but I ain't the young boys. Right. It, it's two thousand. the drafts of 2009 through 2016. If you go look at the quarterbacks that they drafted, like some of the names that the Nate Sudfelds and the Brock Osweilers and all these dudes that almost none of them hit. So there's a there's a, a a missing generation of quarterback that that probably like the the tail like because I looked at it, I was like all right which where's the Hall of Famers at because that's what I was looking for you got Matt Ryan in 2008 okay and then you start looking you going ooh mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there were mm-hmm. some really bad choices mm-hmm. round one you know. One of one. The let's give $50 million to Sam Bradford. Like, there's all this bad, bad quarterback money in that stretch. And now, like, you're so far beyond it. Like, there's no one there. There are the guys like Kirk Cousins where you go, ah, he's good enough. Right. You know what I mean? And, but, and he played himself into that position because he was, you know, he was RG3's backup, right? right. So and, it and wasn't like somebody draft. was like, here go a squad. Right, exactly. And, and and the problem is, is 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 what you said, where you have to, if you're a Minnesota, you have to walk into the quarterback room and go, shit. <laughs> I got to pay that. And I know what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to win 13 games. Mm-hmm. And he's going to look statistically incredible. And then we're going to get into a big game, whether we need it for seeding or we need it in the playoffs. And as soon as that happens, he's going to buckle. And then I, I have no recourse because when I look at his statistics, his statistics say that he is a top 10 quarterback in yes, the sir. NFL. So what am I supposed to do if I, if I know he's not good, but the numbers kind of tell me he's good enough it it's it is such a quandary that uh, that all these gms find themselves in it, it's it is uh it is problematic for sure that's why i put my nba hat on with a lot of these dudes and put you in one or two categories this shit or ain't shit because i'm tired of everybody <laughs> i'm tired of everyone being called a superstar and tired of uh, celebrating this all-star birth or this pro bowl and nah nah homie put it together for a good half a decade before i start to, or or the jump out the box like brand new Look at me type stuff with Joe, the Joe Burrows of the world, right? The, I love that. Dude. The, the Josh Allens of the world. And, and Josh had to get somebody like <laughs> they had to get Brian Debo and Stefan Diggs. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Let's talk about the Bills here for a second. Okay. We've talked about the 49s, but let's talk about the Bills here for a second. When, when are the Bills, speaking of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, when are the Bills, when are we going to look at them like, mm, it's cool because you know when Patrick Mahomes was getting celebrated, they was like, hey, by the way, though, <laughs> hey, Josh Allen, hey, right here for you. And then we take a look at the roster, and all the dough is on the defensive side. All the capital is spent on the defensive side. Like, they got Deion Dawkins, they got Stephon Diggs, right? But no running game to speak of because, one, you didn't really invest in linemen nor running backs for a good two or three years inside the development of Josh Allen. And then, you're picking from, okay, Gabe Davis now is your second wide receiver. And then second half of the season, he fades a little bit. So they've asked him to be so much that it's like, oh, you know what? He can't be that all the time on top of the fact he turns the ball over. That man at the crib put He's up reckless, 10 points. He put up 10 reckless. points at the Oh, hell yeah. He's still a double agent. That's yeah. the problem. Like, he's spectacular. And I do think that... Once we find out exactly what's going on with his arm for his sure off season, yeah, his elbow um, that that because it's kind of crazy because I because like, you wonder like was this guy out here playing and and we gonna find out in two weeks that he needs Tommy John surgery? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And because I do think that he's got a little bit of the Jake Cutler thing of man, I will throw this ball through that defender, and a lot of the times he does. Like a lot of the times you see a teeny tiny window that Josh Allen is able to absolutely spin it through. But then with, with his arm and his arm at 80%, it's he's still, you know, ridiculous. Like he's still in the top 10 in the league at 80%. But you add that to a guy who sometimes t- is, is a risk taker, a thrill seeker. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and what ends up happening is you go, oh, Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. He also fumbles more a than lot. you think he should, being that he's a giant. And it's hard. It happened in the game today where uh, you you see dudes, like, jumping on his back, and he's just like, okay. Still rumbling. Let, let me rumble forward for a yard or two or whatever. But, yeah, I think next year, I think that the stakes is high, Lasso, <laughs> for for the Buffalo Bills. Next year, they had kind of become everybody's team. And over the last three weeks, mm-hmm. they had kind of become everybody's team. And Cincinnati was sitting here like, hey, we felt bad. Everyone felt bad. We just came from the Super Bowl. 
Like, we haven't lost to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is like, I'm really that dude. And y'all need to stop acting like I'm not that dude. And I like what he said. Like, talk your shit. And, yeah. he, and that dude, he, he lives in a he, And since he was at LSU, he has lived in a space where he's like, yeah, I'm going to talk and I'm going to back it up. And him saying at the end of the game, get your refunds. Go and get your refunds if you were out here buying tickets in Atlanta. Because mm-hmm. we, yeah. we, we didn't come here to just let y'all, let them go and do whatever they wanted. Joe Shiesty is my dude, man. I, yeah. I want, I want, I don't think it's in Justin Fields. Like, I just don't think it's his vibe. But I think a little of that goes a long way. And that dude is is one of my favorite players in the league because he's out there running for his life still. Like, they still haven't quite fixed that offensive line problem. They threw some money at it, but they haven't quite fixed it. And he just makes plays. He's smart. Our guy, Matt Bowen, he said something that now I'll never forget when I'm watching Joe Burrow. He thinks that Joe Burrow is the best in-pocket scrambler in the league right now. And he's right. that This dude, he, he understands how to extend the plays. And I talk about it all the time. Like, to me, it's the cha-cha slide. Like, you start watching some of the older quarterbacks, like the pocket guys, not the guys that can really move. It's a, it's, it's a slide to the left. It's a slide to the right to get the throw off. True Breeze was magic at that. Peyton Manning was magic at that. When, when these guys are like, all right, I know I'm going to take a hit, but I'm going to get the angle on this throw, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a chunk play. Joe Burrow has got that, but he's still got enough wheels. Like, people don't give him credit for his athleticism. And he doesn't do it all the time, but they do run some RPO stuff, and you see him, and you're like, man, he, if you need five, he'll, he'll get you seven. You know, if you put him out there, so that dude is dangerous. That team is dangerous. And I, I I really wish that Patrick Mahomes was coming into this game at full strength because I think they're going to need Patrick Mahomes at full strength because these boys from Cincinnati are hungry and they stayed hungry. And now they mad? I can't wait for next week because I'm very much looking forward to seeing how all of it plays out. I just I love what they did with the squad, too, because if you look at it, you have – Two running backs from Oklahoma. You go get your your LSU and Clemson receivers, right? You got your LSU quarterback, right? You 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 go where the athletes and talent are. You pluck those dudes and you throw them in the mix. Like <clears throat> I think with Zach Taylor, and, and by the way, the the defensive coordinator um, was it Lou Amarunu or yeah, that dude with Eli Apple starting at cornerback. Is is shutting down some real offenses, right? And you know, if you don't know Trey Hendrickson, or if you don't know Joe Pratt, or if you don't know some of these dudes that's on that Cincinnati defense, like even last year in the Super Bowl, we're like, all right, who are some of these cats? Von Bell, Ohio State dude, went to New Orleans and then was thought of as an in the box safety. All of a sudden, he's out here covering people, right? So, so if you yeah, making huge play. This was a dude who did not get his hands on the football in New Orleans. And all of a sudden, you know, first, what, few games of the season last year, he was leading the league in his interceptions and he started off hot this year as well. So it's like, 
the coaching that matters so much, right? Like all I've and and this is where we're gonna get to the the not so fun part. All I'm doing is watching these teams and thinking to myself, all right, Matt Eberflus is gonna get you to a certain level. <laughs> And then you go out there and figure out what's next after the culture is, has, after the concrete is set and dry and Justin Fields has a couple of receivers and a couple of linemen and yeah. a running back who can bust a big play. You, you go out there and you go big ticket shopping. And I hate to do that because I love Flus. He seems like a great guy. He's, he's good for the morale and all those things. But you watching some of the coaches that's running around this Final Four. Like, it's not just quarterbacks. <laughs> it's it's I mean, some development going on, man. Look, I'm I'm not gonna lie, Jay. I, I talked about it on the show this week. And I okay. I was writing it down on my notepad last week going, should Bears fans regret that the Bears didn't hire Brian Dabo? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at Daniel Jones and I'm like, okay. All right. Well, wait a minute. The guy that the Bears have is way more talented than that guy. And if if Dable could draw up something with him and a bunch of no-name receivers and a good run, a great running back and Saquon yeah. Barkley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What like what would have hit would his approach have been different? Would the Bears have been in complete like tank mode or would Dable have been like, no, we got the guy. Let's do some stuff and it would have taken the eight games to have him out the pocket. Right. Like, I mean, and this is the other thing. Hey, let's take it to another level. If Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace do an adequate enough job, we get to the point now where Sean Payton is on the market and you can clean house. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the only the thing that kept that from happening was Matt Nagy's ego. Like, he, couldn't, he could not let go of his system. And he couldn't see the forest for the trees. And I, I, I submit that had he just said, if him and Pace would have, as a united front, said, hey, we got at least two years if we do this right. If we, if we, go, if we go to Ted and George and be like, we're going to start the kid and it's going to hurt, but he's going to do better it. up right. <laughs> You would have had two years of it, and you're right. Like, now you could be out here with, with a spare bear, Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to forget. Never forget, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> all the union guys riding around right now on a, on a beautiful Monday <laughs> afternoon. Like, I will never forget. He crossed the line. He crossed the picket line. <laughs> he wouldn't get away with that at the jewels. Yeah, you already know. You already know. But yeah, man, I mean, you the, the 49ers, like, think about what Percy Harvin could have been, right? Like, Percy Harvin was a really good player for Seattle and Minnesota. But the, 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 the fact that Debo Samuel was in the SEC just running people over and they were like, you got to be out of a wide receiver. So if you can't run all these routes, we don't know what to do with you in South Carolina. Like, all you need is someone with an imagination application and understanding of developing a, a person's talents, right? Yep. Like, the, when we see gadget players and all of a sudden they become stars, right? It's, it's, it's one thing having a six package, you know, a, a six play package for Bayless Jones. It's another thing looking at Debo Samuel and saying, I'm going to put you everywhere on the field and make sure that no one can cover you and the people who are trying to cover you should be able to run over. So, 
if if you're the Bears, like looking for the dynamic players, no matter what, like whatever, whether it be defensively, like they get they, DeForest Buckner goes to Indianapolis. They still got Eric Armstead. They have Javon Javon Kinlaw, right? They got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. By the way, you know, um, uh, what's my man's name? Drake Greenlaw, like. That dude is a terrific football player as well. Like they've they've got so many things, and all of these teams have so many like layers to their to their not only depth but the guys who you don't think are stars that are out there making play after play after play. It's just like Nick Bolton is running around for the Chiefs making every tackle. It was like the 49ers clone buck. Like yeah. it was like they got a tissue sample and was like, yeah, so we gonna let you ride because we built two dudes. <laughs> Right. Who play just like you. Right. <laughs> and so here they are. And you see Arsene, and you're like, man, that is that is problematic what they have accomplished. But you're right. Like, find find the, the playmakers. And you know what? You don't have to try to outsmart everybody. Because guess what? You know where the playmakers are? They're in the SEC. A couple of them in the Big Ten. On the offensive side, specifically at two schools. Yeah, Ohio State. <laughs> they're at USC. And and maybe there's still a few left at Oklahoma. That's all you got to Maybe you make a trip to Clemson, all right? Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. You don't have to be a detective. You don't have to be like, well, let's scour the earth and let's let. – that's cool – but make sure that you have exhausted all of your scouting in those places that I mentioned. Those, let's call it 20 schools. Let's make sure that you are really looking at the talent that has been put together at those 20 schools and say, hey, they got some playmakers. Because I, I tell you this much, Georgia lost oh. a whole bunch of dudes to the draft. And I look up. And it's possible that, that they are also going to have the number one pick in this year's draft. Yep. Like, so if you're scouting that, you go, hey, where, where, where are these kids coming from? Who's got them? Instead of being like, well, you know, we got to go over here and we got to, we, we have to be the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes being the smartest guy in the room is taking the simplest route to success. That's it. And and I'm just waiting for for more teams and for the Bears specifically to do that and 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 do it a lot. So that's why I want them to to make sure that they are on the phones. Not now because it's it's not time, but trade that number one pick and start getting as many great players in here as you can. So I, that's that'll lead me to my next question: If the Bears walk away on day one with Will Anderson, or they walk away with you know, uh, Jalen Carter, or they walk away with someone that they've fallen in love with at that number one pick, and that's it. Is it a fail? Yes, it's a complete failure because you can probably still walk away with either of those players or an offensive lineman that you love if you trade down. You're also in a position where you've got two teams that are in the same division, Indy and Houston, that both need a quarterback. And you should be able 
to use that against them. Now, there's already the connections between um, what's going on in Indianapolis and what's going on here. Like, there's the Matt Eberflus connection. There's the Chris Ballard connection. There's a lot that Chris Ballard and Ryan Poles work together. So there's a lot that might lead you to believe that that, that would be the easiest way to go about this. And it probably is. And guess what? You trade them your one. You, you come up with some extra picks. Future one. Like I'm thinking one, one swap. Future one. Future two. Like somewhere in that range. And maybe a fourth or something like that. Maybe a player off the roster. You want to get real sassy. But you should still be able to then walk away with Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or the offensive lineman of your choice. Or if you want to get real creative, let me make that trade to Houston at two. Same type of deal. We'll swap. There's a future one, future two, whatever. And then someone else might want a quarterback and you trade with them too. And you move down to four or seven and you still end up in a position where you're able to get multiple picks and, and, and multiple guys that you think, because let's face it, Jay, we're not talking about a team that's a three technique away from right. winning. Right. They need an entirely new offensive line. They need an entirely new defensive line. They need upgrades at wide receiver. Um, they, they, I think their back four is okay, but they do need to find uh, a, a will linebacker that can kick ass. I've still got problems with the, the Roquan stuff because to me, Dumb. here's here's my issue. And, and I, I mean, I listen to the pod, so I know that you have been been going down the road on this Chase Claypool thing. <laughs> the moment it happened, <laughs> I'm like, eh. I was walking down 53rd Street and I was like, man, Jay is on it. And he is right. I'm sorry. If I, if, if I don't, I don't go looking at my next door neighbor's, you know, divorced wife and say, Hey man, she might be great for me. Like right? <laughs> he got, he got kicked out of the crib <laughs> where they were trying to develop a quarterback. And they're like, you know what? we need to get you up out of here. And when, it, when, it, when have you known the Steelers to be like, Oh no, yeah, y'all should totally y'all should totally take him. And we love that pick that is now essentially a first round pick. Right. For it's, someone who was expendable. Right. And the thing that makes me mad to bring it back to Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. you get eight games of Roquan Smith, and you're gonna tell me that he can't play Will in your system. Meanwhile, he goes on to not just make the Pro Bowl, but be an all pro. Okay. And transformed the Ravens' defense from the trade deadline on. They were right. the third best defense in football from the from the time they got Roquan Smith on. So, so you telling me that you were able to scout all of that in eight games? In eight games, you were able to go. He's not part of our future, even though he's twenty five years old. But dude comes here, and at the end of the season. When people are like, what's with your mans? Oh, well, he hasn't played enough games. Well, wait a minute. Right. Wait a damn minute now. Right. You, you told me that an all-pro linebacker, you had no reason to hang on to an all-pro linebacker. But 
you couldn't tell if Chase Claypool, you, you couldn't look at the film over the last two years of him in Pittsburgh and the games that he played for you and go, maybe not a, a number two wide receiver for us. Maybe he's someone that's in our rotation. That's it. But he's not, you know. So it still it still gets me a little hot. And I, it makes me mad how many people just turned on Roquan, too. And I, I didn't understand it, especially when he ended up getting exactly what he wanted. When, when he got the money that he wanted. Like, Don't get I, me started, Lawrence. Jay, Don't get I me was, started. I was told. Bears fans out here playing themselves. I said Roquan won because he got the contract that he wanted without an agent. Everything. But the Bears did, too. I'm like, it's not about the Bears in this situation. Roquan got what he wanted. He's playing on a contender. He's, he's an all-pro player. Like, he won. It's okay. He very much, he very much won. And I mean, I was told at the time, like, it's crazy to me because the number that he got was exactly what I was told that he won, which, which lets me know that he was negotiating in good faith. Now, I can't say that for the other side. Right. Right. It feels to me, like some feelings got hurt. You got you you knew in this job and you got put on front street. And I get that how that could make someone mad. But you then made an emotional decision. Which are the worst. Instead of making a football decision. And if you can find someone as talented as Roquan Smith, so be it. I and I'll I'll shut up and be like, hey. They went and found one on a rookie deal. You don't have to find, don't have to find a hundred million dollars to to pay him. But I think it's a terrible look. And it's funny to me that that they they still like their I I question their ability to scout if they are so they were so sure about Roquan. And not sure at all about Chase. It's the full goal. All right, we got Bulls, we got Hawks on Monday night. The Atlanta Hawks have been playing some really good basketball, and of course, the Bulls are well rested after their trip to Paris. Only played one game last week, so legs should be fresh enough. I'm looking forward to the over in this contest. I'm looking forward to taking the Bulls with the points and Demar Derozan. That, that quad is looking pretty damn healthy. So I'm looking for the over in points scored by DeMar DeRozan. So that SGP for you out there, same game parlay for the kids who ain't down. Same game parlay, DeMar DeRozan over for the points, the over in points scored between these two teams. And I got the Bulls with the number as well. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You know, we did this NABJ uh, inaugural uh, Martin Luther King Day event uh, over there at uh, Haymarket Pub and Brewery. Shout out to them for having us. And shout out to Marshall Harris and the NABJ Chicago chapter for putting that panel together where Shakia Taylor, uh, our guy Tony Gill, and you and me were on the panel talking about life and the industry and all these things. And you, you said some things that, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge, bro. And I, I appreciate your candor. I appreciate your um, the, the way that you not only relay and deliver a message, but how earnestly and measured you do it 
every damn time you're in front of a microphone. And when you started talking about the history of the Bears um, uh, with the, you know, involving in a connection to the Kevin Warren hire, it, it, it really, it was a snapshot that I think not only I needed, but the, the audience needed. And if you could just run that back for the full goal audience, because we celebrated Kevin Warren for a couple of podcasts on here because there are very few people who are as qualified as that man is and will be going forward. And if you want something done looking at his career, he is he has been, for all intents and purposes, a rainmaker for pretty much every organization that he has been a part of. You look back at his childhood, um, you know, some of the things that he overcame. You look at the fact that he first African-American power five commissioner, you know, first African-American COO of Minnesota Vikings, all these things, I mean, all these accomplishments. And for the Bears to make this kind of hire, you know, going back to and the beginning of the press conference when 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 George said something to the effect of, you know, George Hallis would be proud of this. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, we could we could you know, question that if we'd like to. But I, 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 I joke that George, George Hallis would be like, who's this Pullman Porter that's not going to be running the band? <laughs> Uh, it's it's like hey what is is one of Fritz Pollard's grandkids doing in my damn office (laughs) right but you know because as a kid you know I used to hear the whole the Bears don't want a black quarterback stuff and all the you know after Vince Evans it was you know Cordell Stewart and Henry Burris like you look at the 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 difference uh, optics wise and leadership wise that this team has undergone over the last year and a half, two years, as opposed to all 40 years of my life. I go back, I'll say, I'll take it back to 2019 because that's where I think it happened. Um, I wrote about it in the Sun-Times and we got to give credit to our guy, Jack Silverstein. Because oh, I, sure. I think that he was the real like impetus for change here because he he went and did the digging on it. And I was talking to him about it. And he said, yeah, you know, just for people who don't know the story, back in 2019, the Bears had this great big celebration for the 100 years of the NFL. Obviously, them being the charter franchise, it it was a big deal. They threw a grand party out in the suburbs. And and it it was wild, man. Jay, I went out there. I just wanted to see like they, you know, they invite you to stuff like that. And the line to get in, because it's out in Rosemont. Like the line, I've never seen this before in Rosemont, because it's not like Rosemont has a ton of like sidewalks or anything. And seeing Bears fans trying to get into this thing is a massive party. So they were very proud and they should have been, you know, like they put on this big event. And at the event, George was talking about how they were going to wear these throwback jerseys from 1936. And they were super proud to, to be, and it was specific. Like it wasn't, we're going to celebrate the thirties. Like it wasn't that it was specifically like 1936. So Jack was telling me that that's when something clicked in his brain. He's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Like I remember that era of, of the NFL and there's a, there's a stretch of what a decade and a half. In, in the NFL, 1936 falls right in the middle of it where there was segregation in the NFL. So when they had... And the purported Kyle, black black player ban as well. Right. So, yeah. so, so Kyle Fuller, 
was the guy who was modeling the uniform, was the first black player to wear that uniform. Now, I contend that after Jack did the digging and wrote the piece for Windy City Gridiron, and then George was confronted with this part of the history, that it's, it's, and you got to understand, for George, it's team and league and family. Mm-hmm. Like, he's being embarrassed on multiple levels here. And he's having to look at things in a very different way after actually learning the history and understanding what was going on with the history. So I contend that that's when things kind of changed. And you have then them hiring a, a um, DEI person in Tanisha Wade who had been with the organization, but now they were going to have a DEI officer. Like, that's wild that, that they, they would make that jump. You heard, and I'm probably still the only person that's still mad. We're probably on the same page on it, though, Jay. I didn't like that Ryan Poles fired Lamar Campbell. At all. And and there are some people who don't understand it, but I know that you understand it. Like, this man helped you get here, and then the first thing you did was fire that man. It can like, only be one. Right. That's whack to me. <laughs> like, that's real whack to me. And it's, it, it still serves as a, a cautionary tale for me when I'm talking about Ryan Poles. Like, I still yeah. think about that. And I profile guess, evaluation. Yeah. So, and you add that to the Roquan Smith stuff, and you go, eh. mm-hmm. um, But anyway, I think that the way that George, like, you heard him talking about the Bears' front office. You heard Tanisha Wade's name. You heard Lamar Campbell's name going forward. And he had these this sit-down with the players after the debacle with the uniforms. Like, there was a committee of players. It's Mitch Trubisky. You know, it was a Akeem Hicks, like, and they said, yo, man, like, what, what's the deal? They worked it through. That, to me, shows something. Like, it, it shows that, that George wasn't just out here like, I'm the owner and what I say goes. He actually took it to heart. Then a bunch of different things happened. The pandemic happened. There's a fight after George Floyd's murder where players are saying they want their voices to be heard. And he gave them an audience. Bears players actually had an audience with an owner who seemingly listened to them. And not just, oh, we're going to all just link arms or I'm going to kneel over here and, you know, all that bullshit that we've seen in the past. George was like, yeah, well, I, I need to learn some stuff. There was a, a point where he went to a prison with Sam Acho, there was a ride-along that happened. He started to hear stories of the players and how they grew up. That's what I think is really um, impressive. Because, look, I'm 47, and it's hard to change my, my mind on mm. a lot of things. No doubt. Imagine, imagine being a privileged NFL white male owner and being told, Hey man, you moving, you moving wrong. And none of the stuff that George has, has done has right. been malicious or out of like <laughs> animus or bias. Like there's 
If anyone who knows that dude knows that he's a little quirky, but he's a solid guy. Jay, I've seen him myself. I've seen this man out in the suburbs refereeing eight-year-old soccer games. Like, <laughs> it's just the owner of the Bears, man. Right, and right. he's out here in the streets. They like, take it off his roots, too. Yeah. You know? Like, just, yeah. Just, just, just out here living his life. So I know that he's a good man. And that's what I think is so impressive. You go from that embarrassing moment that the Bears had in 2019 in front of the entire NFL world. And you go from that to hiring a DEI officer, putting your black executives out front in your GM search that ends up hiring a black GM and who hires an assistant GM who's black. Then when you have the biggest move, like your baby, like this thing in Arlington Heights is the Bears' baby. And you say, who's the best person for it? Now, I'm not trying to throw shade. Um, some of the names that I heard on this list, I'm like, those people are fine people. They are not qualified to be the president of the Bears. And when you see Kevin Warren's resume, when you look at what he's done, I, I don't think that it's I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Pete Thamel, like the, the college football world, that's where the story broke from. I don't think that's a coincidence because I think that that even Kevin was like, "Y'all gonna hire me, right?" right. And they he, not they not me. Right. And he he knew that once that got into the bloodstream of the public, oh, the dude that just signed this $7 billion deal with, with the Big Ten is available. The guy who built U.S. Bank Stadium, it's the same dude and he's available. You can't end up hiring someone else. So they go all the way from that embarrassing moment in 2019 to now having <laughs> the quarterback the GM, the assistant GM, and the president and CEO of the Bears are all black. And, and, in, and inside that space, there are multiple black women who have risen to the level of like senior vice president with the Bears. There's, it's, it is an incredible turnaround. And I don't think that it's getting enough conversation, Jay. Right, I don't think right. enough people are talking about it because to me, this is a, we're always looking for progress. And I know that George isn't out here like, look at me. I'm, but I, I do think that when you have people that are willing to humble themselves and say, I, I've, I've tried to live the right way. I've tried to do things the right way. But maybe my perspective is still a little bit off. If you're willing to challenge your perspective in a way that then the byproduct of it is that your business is, is in a better place. You know what it reminds me of? I know I'm going long, man. No, no. It's not. Knock it off, brother. You know what? It, it reminds me of the way that over the last five years, the Buccaneers coaching staff has been built. Now, I know things ended badly and... Brother Byron got the blame, and he didn't deserve the blame. <laughs> but if you look at, at what Bruce Arians did down there 
with hiring black coaches and women on his coaching staff, he understood like, oh, we can still it, we can still get the job done. Like right. we're gonna you go open find, up the talent pool, right? We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go find the best people. We're gonna find. The, we don't care where they're from. We're gonna find the best people, and I think that's a window that opened up for George. And I think the Bears are way better off because of it. Yeah, man. I am looking forward to whatever this next generation of Bears football is. And I, I, I hope my son, you know, who can, you know, he's going to grow up a Bears fan, will be proud of the franchise that he's rooting for because we didn't have stuff like this when we were kids, where it was this, this, you were this aware of who, not just the leaders were, but what they were made of and what their profiles were. And of course, the, the black quarterback part. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in an era where Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham and a few other guys were the guys that I, I saw as quarterbacks who looked like me. So now that a third of the league is that way and you've got, you know, these white boys running around like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, where you're like, I, I know what you was doing on that campus. I, I know yep. who you was hanging out with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's and with and with and with Joe, I know what you still do and play. Oh, hundred percent. I know oh what God. you, you still and I, huh. I, I and I support it. And I really, oh, for sure. I truly sure. support it. Like whether you you're wanna... making a drive over to Kentucky or you're staying right there in Cincinnati, I know that you are stimulating the local economy. You're damn right. That is the case. And you know, you know what's crazy? Like, think, think about it like this. Jay Cutler found his way back to Soldier Field this year. And you want to know why? Because his son was like, I want to go see Justin Fields. Amen. You know what I'm saying? His yeah. kid is standing there with a Justin Fields jersey on. Yeah. And that's yeah. Jay Cutler. Right. You know, like, right. The most talented Bears quarterback of all time. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing is wild, man. And, and like I said at, at, at the NABJ, like I I haven't felt this way about the Bears in forever. And it's because of what you're talking about. Where I remember Vince Evans and I remember as a kid, like, man, I wish I could throw a deep right. ball like Vince Evans, you know? <laughs> and I and I'm an admitted like just McMahon stand like that was my dude growing up. Of course, of course. I I remember it being like, oh, the Bears don't draft black quarterbacks. Yeah, like one might pop up every now and again. Like here's Cordell Stewart or here's Henry Burris, but it wasn't like you were going to turn the team over and turn right. the franchise over. And now you lived look, with it. Like, look at the faces of the Bears franchise. Like Justin Fields. He's such a great lead singer. Like, you see him in the way that he interacts with the public, specifically with kids. And you go, there's a guy who gets it. Now you have Ryan Poles, and we're still working on that, on what, what his public face is. But at least he's more accountable than his predecessor. Because I've seen him do multiple press conferences this year instead of one like mm -hmm. Ryan Pace used to do. Mm -hmm. And now the face of your franchise from a business standpoint is Kevin Warren. Is that guy. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, we, Tony and I have been talking about it on this podcast for the last week and a half or so. There's the other thing, too. 
They better win they because better win. if they don't, <laughs> we we will never see the likes of this triumvirate ever again in this city or any surrounding cities. The NFC North will be like, see what the Bears did? They messed around. They ain't never doing that. <laughs> right, right, right. Go have a house party somewhere else, Black. <laughs> oh, man. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Lawrence, you already know, man. Uh, you, you, you're my man, 50 grand. Uh, you, you're like a brother to me. You, you're more than a colleague and a peer. And speaking of which, uh, we, we both lost uh, a, a dear friend yeah. uh, this morning getting the news about WXRT's in Chicago's Lynn Bramer. Um, uh, historic, legendary radio personality, but more important than that, uh, historically legendarily really really nice man a dude who I, I went back and looked through some of our text messages and some of it, my direct messages with him and you know him hitting me up when i got let go at the score and him hitting me up when i got picked up by every other you know entity that i worked for after that and anytime you know ah, the last time i was at the score um i walked up to xrt and just watched him and watch him do his thing. And I didn't want to bother him. And I think, I don't know if I was really in the mood for a conversation period afterwards. So I just walked in and I took a look at Lynn doing his thing. And, you know, he had just gotten back because uh, he, you know, he's been sick. And I just watched him for a good 30 seconds or so, made sure he didn't see me. And I walked out. And, you know, I think about, I thought about that a lot today. You know, in the times that um, you see people or you want to talk to people, or you want to pick up the phone and you don't, and then my mom gets on me about this, and I need to be better with it. Um, I just hate bothering people, especially when they're in their moment. And he was in his moment, and I got a chance to watch him while he was doing his thing and watch him uh, be one of the greatest radio voices, one of the greatest radio talents, one of the greatest um, dudes in this industry, period. And XRT has had a lot of and I've been privileged to work around or near that station for a good decade and a half of my life, uh, whether we was on, you know, Belmont, on Belmont or, <laughs> yeah, or any other place that we moved. WXRT wasn't too far away. So uh, it's, it's with heavy hearts that we uh, say goodbye to our, our guy, Lynn Bramer, who was, um, who was nationally known and locally respected and one of the biggest Cub fans that I've ever run into. So, uh, you know, I, I, I let you say what you want to say about Lynn. I'm sure you're going to say something on your show tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I'd, I, be, I'd I, be remiss without saying, you know, a couple of words. Of our guy, Lynn Brink. What I think is, is cool about 
I, I think our vision on this is very similar. Like the the XRT people, for people who don't know, the score in XRT was born out of X, WXRT. Like the owner of WXRT uh, w- w- wanted to have an AM sports talker back in the early 90s. And so we, we've always kind of been WXRT's loud little brother, <laughs> you know? Um, and we shared the hall always with them. And it was always interesting to me that for the most part, almost everyone there like came and interacted with us. Yep. Um, yep. Whether we're talking about Johnny Mars or Bobby Skatefish or the my beloved Terry Hemmer. Shout out to Terry. Right? Who would, who would come over and just tell you stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Lynn Bramer was right there where he he spent a lot of time on our floor of, yeah. of the of the building. Yes, he did. Just like whatever. Like he would he would text us and say, Hey, I'm getting sandwiches for the people at XRT. Do you guys want to have sandwiches with us? And and you're right, like the the way that he went about doing his job, Lynn's Ben, all these stories that he's told, the people that he's interviewed and the depth of those interviews. Like it wasn't just it's like a, I, I'm not trying to diss, you know, like there's an entertainment in, element to our industry that I understand like some of the car wash type interviews that have to be done with some of these celebrities. But when it came to the biggest musicians that paved the world of rock and roll, the level of respect for people like Terry Hemmer, for Lynn Bramer, like that, that, that XRT like vibe. Yeah. They were important. Very. And that those people looked at what we did and and go, yeah, like you guys are on the right track. Like it means something. That Lynn would spend any time listening to our nonsense and feeling like we were doing entertaining radio or that we were just good people. I I find that to be something that is a real badge of pride. He was um he he took over as our our manager of the Odyssey softball team. <laughs> and it was so great because he loved it. And I asked him, I was like, I know you used to play. Do you want to play? He's like, no, I don't want to play. He's like, I'm way too old to be out here playing. But he he come with a, a a a speech like every week before the games. It, it was wild, Jay. Like he he quote Hamlet. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> like some of the stuff that he would do. <laughs> Just a wonderful human being that will be missed. Chicago misses him. And I saw this with Terry Hemmer a few years ago when she allowed me to be with her on the float at the Pride Parade. And I remember turning down Broadway and seeing people weeping because there's Terry Hemmer. And it's the same with Lynn Bramer. Seeing the outpouring of affection that Chicago, like the city, like yeah. that you look on social media, you look like Lynn Bramer is trending because everyone had a positive interaction with this dude. He wasn't born in Chicago, but he's of Chicago. Right. You know? And I, we're all just going to miss him. 
a lot. And it was shocked. I was on a plane. Um, so I, it was like the first thing that happened. You know, I turned my phone on and I find out about it. And it it, it feels horrible, you know? Yeah. And it feels horrible because a week ago he was on the air. Right. And it looked like things were getting better. And then I guess things kind of accelerated. And now he's gone. And it sucks. Like, it, it really sucks. But I was I said this on Twitter earlier. I think that the beautiful thing about Lynn is that he left us with so much joy that it's going to allow us to heal faster. And I went back and listened to an interview that he did he was one of the first guests on House of L, as you were. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, it's funny, like we were talking about his father's funeral. And he was saying how his father requested that all the children, because all the children were musicians, that he requested that the children and the grandchildren perform at the service. And I was talking to him about like the celebratory nature of funerals. Like, as I've gotten older, I feel like that's what I need from, yeah. from funerals is I need it to be celebratory. And he was talking about how it should be and how he really likes New Orleans-style funerals. And he, he even says, that he says, you know, like when, when I, I go, it's like I want people to celebrate. And I'm, that's what I'm holding on to, that it gives us an opportunity to celebrate that man and think about the joy that he he brought to our lives, like the respect that he added to to us. Yeah, man. You know, that that allows us to grow and become better people. Because if nothing else, we know that Lynn Bramer's got our back. If Lynn, if Lynn Bramer thinks you cool, guess what? You cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lynn Bramer is the reason why through all the ups and downs and everything that this industry and this job and the things that we experience going through this very public job and being uh, rated and, and having your results thrown out there and public disappointments and all the things. Um, he is the reason why, one of the reasons why I, I take it light these days because of some of the things that he said to me and shared with me during some of my darkest moments um, because he he always took it light. You know, he, he was there when you needed him to be there, didn't get a lot of sleep, emceed every single event that he possibly could where you're like, wait a minute, Lynn, I don't know if you should be, you know, here, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you should be here introducing all the members of the Nation of Islam, but go ahead. Right, if you right. got... <laughs> Like, what are you doing on 79th and stuff? Like, what are you? Oh, well, they asked me to come out. So I, right. yeah. I was around the corner getting a bagel, and I figured I might stop by and just chop it up with the minister. No, nah, but shout out to Lim, man. Uh, he, he, will be, uh, he will be missed. He will never be forgotten. And I, I, will, I will suffice to say that uh, in the physical, he may be gone, but that man is never, ever, ever going to be gone. Uh, so rest in peace to, to the great, great Lim Bramer. Um, we'll close it up on that note, man. Thank you so much, brother. I, I appreciate you. The love is always going to be there. I'm proud of you. 
Uh, continue to consume all of the content, Lawrence Holmes, that I possibly can every chance I get. And I think you guys out there should as well. Make sure you check out the House of L Network podcast. The man is doing so many things on so many levels. I'm proud to call him a friend, proud to call him a peer. Lawrence Holmes right here on the Full Go Podcast, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Jay, anytime. Thank you, sir. It's the Full Go that's all the time we have for episode 200 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our outstanding guest, as always, Lawrence Holmes. You can catch him middays on 670 The Score with Dan Bernstein. You can also check out all of the stuff that he does column-wise on chicagosuntimes.com. Make sure you're checking out Loho's column. It's terrific. He's, he's, uh, he's one of the best media members here in the city, if not the best, and I don't need a list to tell me so. Shout out to Jeff Agress in his list. But uh, yeah, man, check out Lawrence Holmes, the House of L Network podcast. He, he does a terrific job at putting out top-tier content. So make sure Lawrence Holmes gets a, you know, a look-see from you out there if you like what you heard here on this podcast. All right, I want to thank our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Got a like from Steve Cerruti today, so I know he's still, you know, monitoring the tweets. And, of course, the active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. We will catch you guys on Tuesday after Bulls-Hawks, right? We'll talk a little bit more as we get ready for AFC and NFC Championship Week, the, one of the best weekends in football. Not just in football, but in sports. We're getting ready for that as well. And, like I mentioned, I keep teasing y'all. I keep mentioning we're going to get more and more into college basketball here. Uh, I promise you all, college basketball heads have been hitting me up and saying, hey, Jay, what's up? You get March Madness is going to be right around the corner. We haven't heard enough college basketball, so we'll get you some college basketball as well in this next coming week. If you want to jump in on the full goal voicemail line, it's always open for you, 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. Uncensored, unfiltered, unadulterated, and all the other unwords that you want to use out there. We leave you with this as always. Take care of each other and be safe. And thank you. Thank you so much for downloading this thing, for subscribing to this thing, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that you know it needs. Uh, I am thankful for the 200 episodes, and here's the 200 more. Appreciate Bill Simmons. Appreciate The Ringer. Appreciate Spotify and everybody who has been down with this thing since day one. You'll keep on churning this thing out. So thank you for hanging out with us for the first season, and uh, hopefully here's to uh, many, many more. So once again, we'll catch you on Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.